Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning, One Life Church family. So good to see you. How many are glad to be at church today? Can I hear a good amen from you in the room? Hey, before we get started, I want to do something I do every Sunday, and that is I want to look in the camera, and I want to welcome our online church family, all those in the Civic Center. Throw your hands together. Welcome our online church family today. Let them know how much you love them. So thankful for technology, however you're joining us. You are our family. We love you so much, and it's just great to have you along for the ride today. Hey, you've come into a great service today. Uh, really excited about the message that God has put on my heart to bring to you. Uh, in fact, we're closing out a series called All In. Everybody say All In. All In. And the whole idea of this series is really to teach us how to make the most out of our life. And what we've been looking at are some unique characteristics of people who go all in with God and with Jesus. And today I'm delivering a unique characteristic to every single person who goes all in with God. And that is this wonderful word called discernment. Everybody say discernment. Today, I want to teach you how to discern the best time, notice it's a time thing, how to determine the best time when to make a major decision in your life. In other words, how to determine when it's, all right, God, do I move? Do I not move? Do I go here? Do I not do that? So that's what we're going to be talking about today, and I can't wait to jump into it. But before I do, we're actually going to flip the service a little bit. Obviously, a lot of times when I close the service, especially if you're home family and you're used to the flow of the service, we close with announcements. Actually, today, I'm going to give you the announcements on what is actually happening in our church to go ahead and prepare you for where we're headed. And uh, so go ahead and bear with me really quick before we jump into the message. And these are, these, this isn't just a time to disconnect. This is a time to lean in because it is so important to the next steps that we're here to help you take. And number one, that is what we're doing next Sunday, and that is child dedication, everybody. Listen, uh, it is one of the greatest honors of my life to get to come alongside you and your family and to serve you and to dedicate your child unto the Lord. We're going to be doing this next Sunday immediately following the 10 a.m. service. And so what I want to encourage you to do, if you have a young child and you're praying about wanting to dedicate that child unto the Lord, can I encourage you to go to our website at olc.church forward slash dedication. Click the link that looks like that and then register your child. Now here's the reason we need you to register. It's because we like to give things away here at One Life Church. And so we want to bless you and we want to give you a gift for your family and for your child as you raise them up in the fear and the love of God. And so in order for us to have that gift prepared, we need to know how many to prepare for. So if you want to get your child dedicated, you can do that without registering. But if you want to receive a free gift along the way, come on, we want to bless you with that. Please register so that way we can be prepared for you. Also want to remind you coming up, you guys, everybody say small groups. Small groups is who we are. It's not just what we do. We just finished up our small group season. I've heard so many great reports of people who have gone out camping with each other and just like living life to the best life possible here in, you know, Idaho. Come on, y'all. It's finally spring. Isn't it a beautiful thing in Idaho right now? Right? And so, so small groups have been incredible. Small groups are what, not just what we do. It's who we are. It's an opportunity for you to connect in community. And so we're getting ready to launch our summer semester 
of small groups. And if you've ever wanted to take an opportunity to kind of like put your toe in the water and kind of test, you know, whether or not this is a place you want to call home and get involved with community, the summer small groups are a great opportunity because we have a five-week semester. It's the shortest semester that we have in our small group season. We do that on purpose because many people are traveling and on vacation and doing all the things that summer provides. But we want to make you aware of this now so you can go ahead and put it on your calendar. And many of you who are part of small groups, you left going, man, I'd love to lead a small group. Like, this would be a lot of fun. And so what we typically do is we take the first two weeks before we launch our small group semester, and we do what we call leadership training. And some of you have been waiting on a sign. God, just show me a sign whether or not I should lead a group. Hey, everybody, here's your sign, all right? So so small group leadership training, it happens next Sunday on the 29th or on June 5th. You don't have to go to both, but we do encourage you to at least go to one. And if you just want to know more about small groups, how they operate, you're not sure if you want to lead one, still go to leadership training. It's a lot of fun. Like the goal isn't that you leave like leading a small group. Now that that's great if that happens, but often times a lot of people who go to small group leadership training leave with another relationship and they're like they learned a little bit more and they've connected and that really is the goal so mark your calendar Sunday May 29th this next Sunday or if you can't make that do June the 5th and uh, like I said I usually talk about this on the back end but I'm doing it on the front end today I want to say thank you so much for your generosity church you're an incredibly generous church Um, there are three ways that you can give here at One Life Church and I want to let you know this like if you're our guest today please Please feel no obligation to ever give here at One Life. Like the services, we're here to serve you. Like this is our gift to you. But this is a time that we do consider for those who call One Life Church home. It's a time that we consider worship unto the Lord. And God loves a cheerful giver. And I'm telling you, he's smiling down on favor on you because I know that your heart is giving out of a heart of generosity. In fact, I've never asked you to give here at One Life Church. I've always asked you to ask God and then lean in and listen to what he speaks and then just simply obey. Why? Because there is blessing in obedience. Can I get a good amen from those who are givers here at One Life? And so I just want to make you aware of that. Um, And so how can you give here? You can see the three ways to give as you exit the service today. Once the service is over, there will be gentlemen at both doors and you can place your gift in a container as you leave if you would like to do that. All right, you guys, we're a message note-taking church. Where I'm all my note-takers at, everybody. Can I hear a good amen from the note-takers in the room? So if you're not a note-taker, I want to encourage you, maybe try something you've never done before and try texting OLC notes to 94,000. Text OLC notes to 94,000. Get ready to follow along. I really do believe that God has given me a word today, not only for you, but for me, my family, for this season of our church. And so this series really has been designed, again, to teach us how to go all in with God, and not just how to go all in with God, but what does it look like to go all in with God, and we, you know, it's been a five-part series today, and so we've talked about things about what does it look like to know God, you know, how do we follow him in, in next steps of being water baptized, we talked about, last week we talked about all in faith, and so if you missed any of the series, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the content because it is designed to help you in your spiritual walk and, and kind of giving you some tools to help you take a next step, but today I'm really excited because we're talking about an undeniable characteristic of every Christ follower, and that is that word again, discernment. Everybody say discernment. 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 What is discernment? It's the ability to comprehend or really to understand or to have this awareness to know when to do the right thing at the right time 
time. And so timing is important. Like timing affects everything. If you think about it, timing could, if you think about it, it could be the difference between success or it could be the difference of failure. And the truth is, you and I, we can only serve God out of the appointed times and the appointed seasons that God gives us. Let's look at Ecclesiastes. That's hard to say. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 today as we dive in. It says, God says, hey church, there is an appointed time for everything. And there is a right time for every activity. That's your life, that's your marriage, that's your hobbies, that's, that's everything that encapsulates your life. There is a right time for everything, every activity under heaven. Now, what is this saying? It's basically saying, hey guys, there, we're not only supposed to do the right thing, we're also supposed to know when to do the right thing. Like their timing is important. Look at the rest of the verse, Ecclesiastes 8, 5. It says, a wise person. Now, in the context of today's message and series, and all in person understands that timing, timing is everything. It says they do the right thing at the right time. But can we just be honest for a moment? Like this is not always easy, is it? Like it's hard to determine or to know when to do the right thing and like when's the right time and what should I do? What should it look like? I'm not quite sure. Why? See, I think we all deal with that. So why? Well, we find the rest of this truth in this verse. Look at verse six through seven. The reason that it's not so easy, you ready for this? It's because we're human. We know so little. The reason that it's hard is none of us knows what's gonna happen. And it seems like there's no one to tell us how. And many of us feel like this. And so bring it into context of your own life. Many of you are going, man, who should I date? Like God, like who should I date? Some of you are like, who should I marry? Some of you are like, well, I'm not sure what job I should take. I don't know whether or not I should make that move or whatever that situation is. Like we're not quite sure. And if we're honest, what we'd really like to happen is, God, could you just kind of like write a painting or a picture across the sky and just call down angels and speak, the, you know, sing the hallelujah chorus, like do something big, God, to show us how or when we're supposed to move or what we're supposed to do and what our next looks like, right? And so how do we discern? I think it's important. It's very practical Christianity. Like how do we discern when the best time, when it's the best time to make a major change? Like for many of you who are young and newly married, you're probably having a conversation of, you know, when should we like have kids or should we have kids? And what does that time frame look like? And for those who do have kids, maybe you're thinking about, you know, do I put them in homeschool or do I, you know, put them in public school or do I put them in private school? Some of you have been offered job opportunities across the country and it looks good on paper and you're not quite sure like should I move should I do this how do I discern this some of you guys are getting ready to go into you know retirement and you're thinking is this the right time is this the right season do we have enough money in our nest egg in the bank account and so there's all these timing things that come with our decisions because when it comes to our decisions there is that element of timing like it's important to do these things at the right time in the right season season. And so today is a very practical message. If you were with us last week, last week was like, you know, it was preach. Like I'm a preacher and I'm a teacher. And last week I was just inspired to preach God's word. Today, I'm just going to be inspired to teach you some practical steps of how to make wise decisions. Like how do you know how to discern the voice of God when it comes to making major life-changing decisions? I'm going to give you six ways. Get ready to write the first one down. Number one, when it comes to making major decisions in our life, we've got to learn how to enlist the prayers of other people. 
we got to learn how to enlist the prayers of other people. Everything starts and ends with prayer. You will never know the right timing and the right decision until you do two words, and that is pray first. Everybody say pray first. Pray first. And it's important for you to pray first, but not only is it important for you to pray first, if you're ever going to get wisdom and understand the discernment and know how to make the right decisions, it's important that you also enlist the prayers of other people. In fact, Paul did this. Look at what Paul says in Romans 15, 30. Paul says, brothers and sisters, I beg you. Notice the intensity. Like, I can't do this without your help. I'm begging you to help me in my work. I need wisdom. I need discernment. I need to know when to move, when not to move, how to move forward. Like, I beg you to help me in my work. How? By praying to God for me. Listen, asking people for prayer isn't a sign of weakness, everybody. Asking people for prayer is a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of wisdom. Look at 1 John chapter 5, 14 through 15. It says, this is the confidence we, everybody say we. Notice the plurality. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we, in other words, and it's not just a you thing, but this is a we thing, that if we together collectively ask anything according to his will, like if we enlist the prayers of other people in our life, look at what God does. He hears us, plural. Goes on to say, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we, y'all get my point this morning, have asked of him. And may we always remember James five sixteen. I love this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, if a prayer of one righteous person is powerful and effective, just imagine, imagine for a moment the multitude of people, the power and the compounding effect of heaven to earth through enlisting other people to pray. This is good preaching, Pastorette. Thank you so much. It's very practical. We're talking about when it comes to discerning the best time to make a major life change in which is in front of a lot of you, then what do we do? We enlist the prayers of other people. Number two, write this down. We also seek the counsel of wise friends. We seek the counsel of wise friends. Key word here, <laughs> wise. In other words, <laughs> it's not everybody, but it needs to be a few specific people speaking into your life. When it comes to discerning when the right time is to make a major life change, you need wise counsel. Why is that? Because you can only see what you can see. I'm going to get really deep on you. Uh, no matter how hard you try, guess what? You will never be able to see your ears. Aren't you glad you came to church today, everybody? Now you're really self-conscious about your ears. Because guess who can see your ears? A person next to you, in front of you, behind you. Now, I didn't come to make you like, you know, oh God, I got to cover up my ears. But here's the thing. Everybody else can see them, but you can't. And guess what? Everybody else sees a little bit different perspective on your ears. In fact, the really wise people, I'll just speak for myself, the wise woman of God in my life, when she sees my ears, guess what she said? Bro, you need to trim your ear hair. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Y'all, I'm 44. The struggle is real, okay? 
but she's very wise. Why? Because she's looking out for me. She's covering some blind spots that I can't see in my own life because my brother, I can't see my ears, so I need people looking out. I need some wise counsel, okay? Trying to make you laugh a little bit. Look at Proverbs eleven fourteen. When there is no wise guidance, people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, here's the beauty. There's safety. There's safety. My friends, if you want safety in your life, you got to seek advice from the wisest people you know. And you got to get all of it that you can. You got to seek it out. In fact, asking advice, again, it's a sign of wisdom. Look at Proverbs 12, 15. Fools, <laughs> they got it all figured out. Right? They think, I don't need any advice. No, no, no. But the wise person, the all-in person, look at what they do. They, don't, they not only ask for advice, they listen to the advice of the wise counsel from their friends whom they love and they trust. So if you're trying to figure out the right timing, trying to figure out the discernment of whether or not you should make that major life change, you gotta enlist the prayers of other people. Number two, you gotta seek the wise counsel of wise people. And then here's number three, and this is key. You gotta learn to be silent and listen to God in his word. We have to learn to be silent and listen to God in his word. Many people say, Pastor Red, I mean, you know, you must have a one-way ticket to heaven because I've never been able to hear God speak. Like, I hear that a lot of times. Like, when it comes to me in my life, Pastor, I never hear God speak. And oftentimes when we have that conversation in a loving, grace-filled way, I say, well, there's probably two reasons. There might be more, but there's two major reasons that oftentimes we can't hear God's voice. And number one, it's because we've not spent enough time being silent with our God. If you're always on their phone... If you're always on your iPad, if you're always looking at some kind of screen, if you always have earbuds in, if you're always looking at Netflix or Hulu, if you're always engaged in this world, you will never hear the voice of God. Did you hear what I just said? You will never hear the voice of God if you're constantly surrounded by the noise and distractions of this world. Why? It's because God doesn't shout. Some of us have so much noise going on. He's speaking. We can't hear him. Why? Because God doesn't shout. He doesn't shout. Remember the story of Elijah, 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12? Let's look at this. The Lord said, Elijah, I want you to go out and I want you to stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord's about to pass by. Like we're about to have a conversation. I want to show you what it looks like. And so it says, then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But notice this. The Lord wasn't in the noise. Like he wasn't in the wind. But after the wind came this earthquake. Woo, right? You think God would be in the earthquake? No. Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord wasn't in this like 4D, you know, multimedia experience that God was putting before Elijah. No. After the fire came a gentle whisper. Gentle whisper. You'll never hear the whispers of God if your life is constantly filled with noise. God is speaking. He's a gentleman and he's loving and he's caring. God speaks in a whisper, why? Because he likes the proximity of the relationship and the closeness. This is good. Second reason you may not hear God's voice is because you're not spending enough time reading God's word. We're not spending enough time reading God's word because my friends, the truth is God's will is found in God's word. Yeah. 
What's the will of God for my life? What's the will of God for my life? The will of God is found in God's word. Some of us need to stop looking for a vision and start looking for a verse. Some of us need to stop looking for God to write something in the sky when he's already written it in his word. I just want to encourage us when it comes to being silent to learn how to schedule silence and solitude. Like if it's not on your calendar, you're probably not going to do it. We need to learn how to schedule silence, shutting off the world, in solitude with God in his word. Why? Because God's will for your life in every major decision is found in God's word. I'm just trying to help us today to learn how to discern when the right time is to make a major life change in your life. We're going to list the prayers of others. We're going to seek counsel from wise friends. We're going to learn to be silent and listen to God's word. Here's number four, and this is important. When it comes to making a major life change, you've got to consider what you do best. Consider what you do. And this is huge. You've got to consider your talents you got to consider your gifts, your abilities, your personality, your experiences. Why? Because all the things that God has placed in you could be a predictor and could be a signal to where God is leading you to next. So when you begin to look at your life, ask the question, where have I been most fruitful? Where have I been most effective? What does it seem like God blesses the most of in my life? Like when I do it, where do I see the results and the best results? These are the keys to unlocking the door of discernment when it comes to making a major decision in your life. And the way I like to say it is, when you discover your design, it reveals your destiny. It reveals your destiny. Look at 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you, each of us, not just some special ones, no, 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 each of us. This is everybody. God has given each of you some special abilities. Now, if you're here and you're saying, no, no, you know, this doesn't apply to me. Like, I don't have any special abilities. Guess what, my friends? You were created on purpose for a purpose, and that purpose wasn't just to suck air, pay taxes, and die, my friends. Like, God has an incredible plan and future for your life. And we want to come alongside you and help you discover your purpose. We want to help you discover your special abilities. And we do this the second and fourth Sunday of every month. And guess what today is, everybody? It is step two of our Discover class, where immediately following this service, you can discover that your special abilities. It's a lot of fun, and it happens just outside these doors. My right, your left, down a long hallway, you'll see a sign that says Discover. There'll be a team there. It's about 45 minutes, and it is a fun class. And so, back to the verse. God has given you each some special abilities, so be sure to do what? Be sure to use them. Don't just sit on your laurels. No, no, no. Use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kind blessings. Now, I don't know if you notice this or not, but your talents, your abilities, your gifts, all that God has given you isn't just for you. It's for others. Like the things that you're good at, guess what? Somebody else isn't really good at that. And so your gift, God gave it to you so what you could serve that person and vice versa. Like there's some things that they're really good at. Like my wife is like really good at administration. Thank God. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm being real. Like I'm so grateful that she's great with administration in my family because I'm not the best at that when it comes to things in our family. And so we make a great team. Now I have some strengths, not many, okay, but... It's just how God works. And so when it comes to discerning, y'all can tell I'm trying to step away from a clip right there on that one, right? (laughs) When it comes to discerning the best time to make a major decision, it is important to consider what you do best. Why? 
because it will help influence you on the decisions that you're making of what's next, what's next, what's next, where's God leading? So is this helping anybody today? If it is, can I hear a good amen? I know this is practical. I'm just trying to teach you what it looks like to go all in with God and to learn how to do some simple things to discern the voice of God and to discern when is the best time, the right time to make a major life change. So here's number five. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down and take the time to make the right decision. You don't have to be in a hurry. You don't have to be in a rush. Like, like let's not get frustrated. Why? Because here's what I've learned. A good decision is always better than a fast one. A good decision is always better than a fast one. Now, this is hard in our culture. Why? Because we live in a culture that celebrates me now, 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 now. We celebrate like people who make quick decisions, like fast, like, woo, that's a man or woman who makes quick decisions. Yeah, let's celebrate them. Let's applause them. They're awesome. Can you believe how fast they made a decision? Yeah, they made a quick decision, but it's probably the wrong one. Time will tell. We've all experienced this. In organizations and places, it's like, man, these fast decisions aren't always the best. And so I want to encourage you, when it comes to God's way and God's kingdom and the way that all them people operate who are being led by the Spirit of God, we're not called to rush. Because here's the truth. If it's God's will today, guess what? It'll be God's will tomorrow. If it's a great decision now, it'll be a great decision tomorrow. Proverbs 20, 25. An impulsive vow. Making a quick decision without the discernment of thinking it all the way through is a mistake. Later, you'll wish that you could get out of it. Like, you'll regret it. Like, in other words, it's easier to get into things than it is to get out of things, isn't it? It's easier to get into debt than to get out of debt. It's easier to get into trouble than it is to get out of trouble. It's easier to really fill your calendars with appointments and schedules and soccer and football and tennis and baseball and all the other extracurricular activities. It's easy to fill it up really quick, but it's really hard to fulfill all of it, isn't it? It's easy to get in. It's hard to get out. And so my encouragement to us today is that we need to learn how to move at the pace that God sets. We've got to learn how to move at the pace that God sets. In fact, I just determined that we were going to lead this church this way. You know, I tell people all the time, sometimes we'll move fast. Sometimes we'll move slow. Sometimes we'll wait. In fact, sometimes we won't do anything at all. Why? Because we're not moving at the pace of just one man's vision. We're moving at the pace that God sets. This pace of this church will move at the pace really of two things, and that is, the, <laughs> that is leaders and that is finances. We can have vision all day to do so many great things. My goodness, if we don't have the finances, we're not going to do it. Why? Because I ain't getting into debt. I'm not leading that way. This church is a debt-free church. Come on, everybody. Amen. That's a great place to say amen. (laughs) You know, and the opposite is true. We can have all the finances in the world to do something great. But guess what? If we don't have the leaders and the team to sustain it, we can't do it. Because then we'll wear out the team. So there's a balance, right? We're not moving at the pace <laughs> of me. No, we're moving at the pace of God. And this is what we're trying to do. It's important. Why? Because there's a time, an appointed time, an appointed season for everything. For everything. Look at Romans 3, 28. Our lives get in step with God 
and all others. How? By letting him set the pace. Not proudly or anxiously, not trying to run the parade. (laughs) Guys, you know, the Bible teaches us that God is perfect. And he is perfect. And you know what that means? It means if God's perfect, guess what else is perfect? His timing is always perfect. There was an old song. He's called, He's an On-Time God. Anybody remember that old song? He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. I'm not going to sing this song for you. That's for another day. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time because he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yo, I grew up old school Pentecostal. That's just where I did. You don't want to see that, right? He's never early. He's never late. He's always, he's always on time. So here's the question. Will you trust God to set the pace? I think that's a great question for all of us to consider. Will we trust God to set the pace? Galatians 5.25 reminds us, since we, talking to Christ's followers, those who have committed their life to Christ and gone all in, says, since we live by the Spirit of God, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? Ready? Really simple. By surrendering my timetable. It's not my will, God. It's your will. It's not what I want. God, it's what you want. It's not my pace, God. It is your pace. We see this played out in David's life in one of his prayers in Psalm 31, 14 through 15. David said, God, I'm trusting you, O Lord. Like, I'm trusting you with your perfect timing. He says, why? Because, God, you are my God. And I've come to realize that my future is not in my hands. God, my future is in your hands. This is what it looks like to live a life of surrendering your timetable. Life of surrender. Proverbs 16, 1. We can make our plans. We can make our plans all day long, but in the end, the final outcome is in God's hands. Well, Pastor Reddy, are you saying we shouldn't plan? No, 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 I'm not saying that. There's so many scriptures that talk about the wisdom of just, you know, making plans, making plans. Then what are we saying? We're basically saying we're just going to have to take a step of faith to do number six, write this down, and that is to humbly trust God in his timing. When it comes to learning how to discern the right time, the best time, to make a major life change. We've got to humbly trust God in his timing. So for some of you in this room and maybe even online, the major life change in front of you is, you know, when do I retire? Like, what does that look like? Some of you are praying about a move across the country because you've been given a job opportunity and you're, you're, you're kind of wondering and you're trying to seeking advice and you're trying to look for it. Like, how should I move? Should I move? Should I not move? Some of you are thinking about changing a career. And I'm just saying today, God is simply saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? This is the voice of the Lord speaking to somebody today, including myself. Do you trust me? Life is always a test, everybody. I wish I could tell you it wasn't, but your life, your family, your marriage, your finances, your relationships, everything you will ever face in life is a test. We make our plans, but the final outcome is in God's hands. So what do we do to humbly trust God in his timing? We live out the beauty of 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Why? So that when the right time comes, which is what this message is all about, when the right time comes, 
God, he'll lift you up. He'll give you clarity. He'll give you the next steps. He'll make it so that, man, there's so much grace and so much peace, even when it doesn't seem like other people will understand. God will lift you up. So today, what I've simply tried to do in the time we've had this morning is to share with you six steps of how to discern when the right time is to make a major life change. But I kind of left one out. Because I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that there is actually one decision or one thing you should never wait on, one thing you should never doubt, one thing you should never delay, one thing you should never procrastinate in your life. And you ready for this? It's saying yes to Jesus. Saying yes to Jesus is always the right time. 2 Corinthians 6, 2, God himself says this, I tell you that the right time is now and the day of salvation is now. The day of salvation is now. Will you bow your head and close your eyes all across this room? God, I thank you for your presence in this room. God, I recognize that there are some of us here today who've walked away from you. There's some of us who are joining us online today and listening through the podcast who have made some decisions over time that have led them off into an area that they're like, how did I get here? And they need to come home. They need to come back to a place of a relationship with you where they've walked away. There's some of us today listening to this message who have never made the decision. You've delayed it. You've delayed it. You've procrastinated. You've waited and waited. And God is saying by his spirit to you today, now is the time. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you come home and you surrender your life to a God who loves you, who cares about you, who gave his best for you to bring you into a relationship, to begin the healing and hope-filled journey that is being a Christ follower. So whoever you are, wherever you are, I would love to simply lead you in a prayer today of coming back home or coming home into a relationship with God. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I promise I won't do anything embarrassing at all, but I would love to lead you in a prayer. So could I encourage you? Church, we're a family. Families pray together. So I want to encourage you today to pray a prayer just like this and just mean it from all your heart. It's not about the words. It's just about a heart that connects with God. Just say, God, thank you for Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. I believe he died on a cross to pay for my sin. I believe he rose again. I believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in me as I profess faith and belief in you. I surrender my life to you. I give you my best because you gave me your best. Forgive me. Change me. I invite you to come live on the inside of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, church family. Throw your hands together today. Let's celebrate with those. Yes. And so if you made that decision today, I do want to draw your attention to the Connect card. It's so important. It's in your worship guide, which was in your chair this morning. Uh, If you're online or if you like digital things, I want to encourage you to text OLC Connect 
to 94,000. OLC Connect to 94,000. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to put this in a container as you exit the service today. One really cool thing about this card is on the bottom of the card, there's a place for prayer request. And so if you'd like us to pray the promise of God over your life, will you fill that part out? It's perforated for a reason. And that way you can remove it and from your personal information. We'd love to get this into the hands of our prayer team. And we'd love to send you an email to congratulate you on your decision to follow Christ. And if you're a guest today, mark the card and let us know that you made that decision. All right, church, I'm closing the service different today because what I want to do in this moment, and if you're our guest today, I'm really grateful that you're here, um, that you're coming kind of into this family moment, okay? I want to invite you into the living room of some family time. I preach this message for a very specific reason. Number one, it's because of something I've learned over 28 years of ministry in my own life. of walking with God, learning from those who have gone before me, taking it all in. And so for 29 years, what I've just preached to you is how I've approached every season of life change. For me personally, for our marriage, Linda and I have been married 16 wonderful years, and even in our seasons of life and serving church, We've had major life changes and life-changing decisions that have come our way. In fact, the message that I preached to you is something that we processed for a year or more, really, when it came to making the decision to move out here to plant One Life Church. And, and so today, what I really want to do as I close this service is I really just want to get honest, authentic, real, because that's the only way I know how to be, with you on how my wife and I have been applying this in our life. And so I'm going to get, I'm a bottom line kind of guy. I'm going to give you the bottom line first and then we'll kind of work backwards from there. And so my hope is that we'll be here for another 15, maybe 20 minutes. Um, but I want to share with you, I want to come out and say it, July 24th of this year, Linda and I will be passing the baton as leading pastors of One Life Church. We'll be passing the baton as a lead pastor and we'll be coming into a more of a role of founding pastors of One Life Church. And so now let me back up and give you some story. Last year around June, the Lord began to just kind of speak to Linda and myself and kind of deposit some things in our hearts. And having served the Lord for quite some time, I've learned not to make emotional decisions. I've learned how to apply what I just like enlisting the prayers of other people, seeking godly counsel and wisdom, being silent and leaning into God's word and looking at what we do best and all the things that I just, just mentioned to you. And so about a year ago, God just began to just kind of stir some stuff in our heart and we didn't see it coming. In fact, we weren't prepared for it, honestly. Because when we moved here to Idaho, really January of 18, which is, you know, four and a half years ago, we're just, we were like, we would have never moved if this wasn't until death do us part. This was like, go find your burial plot, man. Find it. You're married to this for the rest of your life. In fact, if we wouldn't have been there, we would have never made the decision to come. And so for us, when we were in that season, we were like, what is God doing? Like, this is, this is really throwing us off. This must have been the pizza we ate. You know, come on, Idaho pizza, where you at, right? Because we love this, we love you. We love you. My wife and I love you. We love the state. It's amazing. 
I do really believe that it's the greatest place on the planet to live. But God began to resonate something in our heart that there was a change, a big life change happening. And we were like, okay, well, we need to just kind of seek the wisdom and counsel of God and apply this message. So for the past year, Linda and I, in deep prayer, we began to meet with our overseers, began to meet with pastors and friends of ours all across the country, pray for us. We need guidance and wisdom. Because if God is leading, I've learned one thing. I want to listen. I want to be obe- uh, obedient to that because let me look around. This is the byproduct of listening to God. This is a miracle. And uh, so we just begin to listen, wait, and just keep moving forward. And so we went into a season of prayer. We always do two seasons of 21 days of prayer and fasting in our church. And we do one in August, and then we do one in January. And both seasons, I was praying and it wasn't until this year when we came out of our 21 days of prayer and fasting season that the Lord made it very clear to me and to Linda and it resonated in our hearts and it even resonated in our board of overseers um, that this is a God thing. It's a major life change in not only our family, but even in the history of our church. And so having learned the lessons of life and wanting to do everything I can to be a very good and faithful steward, because honestly, can I just be real? Like, I love you, but you're God's church. You're not my church. You're God's people. Now, we're a family, but you're God's, and you've never been mine. Now, you know, I hear my heart when I say that. God has just simply called me to steward what has gotten to be a great honor of my life, which is One Life Church. And so all I'm simply doing in this season is simply just trying to be a good steward from what the voice of the Lord is speaking. And so as we began to meet with the overseers, we were like, okay, when we look at the body of Christ overall, and we've looked at history, unfortunately for anybody who's been in church for any length of years and been through any kind of transition, let's be honest, it never goes well. There are very few instances and very few stories that I've ever heard of a transition going well. And I'm just going to tell you, family, as a, your friend today, and your pastor, I'm determined that everything we do is going to honor God. And it's going to be a beautiful example to you, to the body of Christ collectively in the Capital C Church, and this community, and for generations to come on what biblical transitions should look like. Because what we're committed to as a church is we're committed to you. And we want to make sure that we do everything that honors God and honors you and honors the body of Christ. And so with that, I told our overseers, I, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere until we, until we can kind of figure this out. And so the, the wisdom would tell you, you look inward first. All right, if, if Pastor Rhett and Linda are being called to move forward and this is a major life change, like who do we have inwardly in our church in this season that might be a candidate for passing the baton? You know, and we've got some incredible leaders in our church, but none of us felt like there was somebody who could really carry the weight in the mantle to carry from a foundation that has been built to lead into a new season of growth and framing and structure. And so then at that point, we were like, well, let's look within this region of the country because we want to make sure that we get somebody who understands the Pacific Northwest. Come on. It took me four years, y'all. I'm from Alabama, okay? But like, that was my heart as a pastor. I want somebody who's local, who's here, that gets this. In fact, my greatest desire would be to find somebody who's from the Treasure Valley. So as we began to look within our network of communication and our network of relationships, I should say, 
One of our overseers, Pastor Danny Schultz, who many of you know, spoke here time after time again, at least once or twice a year. Pastor Danny pastors a church in Sun City, or not Sun City, it's called Spokane, Washington, right? But the church is called Sun City. And he's been of our, part of our church from the beginning. And, and uh, Pastor Danny and Jamie used to live here, by the way. They spent like 10 years here. And uh, many of you are in this room today, not because of me, but because of Pastor Danny and his wife, Jamie. And so because of their relationships and their networks, there was a young couple that, you know, was brought to the table through Pastor Danny. Um, and I didn't even know who the couple was at first. And I just want to share this. I think it's important that you understand that um, it was in protection of the young couple. It was also in protection of that church and that body and that pastor. And so through a season of things, what we did is through oversight and spiritual fathers connected with the pastor, the lead pastor of this church, and the lead pastor gave his blessing. He actually reached out to this young couple who was associates in his church. And so they prayed, they considered, they went back to their pastor. Their pastor went to their spiritual father. Their spiritual father went to Danny when Danny got back to me. Y'all following that story? Okay. So this wasn't just like Pastor Rhett just sent out and started trying to like recruit somebody from another church. That's not how this has been a very grace-filled, wisdom-honoring process up until this point. And I'm just being transparent with you. Some of you are like, I don't need all this information, but some of you do. You need to hear it, okay? And, and so, so once I went through that process, I was introduced to this couple. My wife and I were. We began to hang out, and over the past few months, man, we've gotten to build such a great relationship with this couple, and they are absolutely 100% amazing on all levels. And the good news is, you ready for this? Like, his wife is from Napa. And they've been in the Treasure Valley for four years. Now, he's from Portland, so y'all give him a little bit of break, okay? But I'm just saying. Um, but they're wonderful. In fact, when I began to look at how God graced this season and how quickly it seemed to kind of just come together. It was just another confirmation of God's hand in this because I know some churches right now um, who have been looking for two to three years to find a replacement for their pastor. And I do need to bring this clarifying point to you, and I should have done this earlier. But Linda and I are the healthiest we've ever been. Our marriage is stronger. Like, I know her better than I knew her when we first said yes to getting married. Like, and I pray she says the same about me. And over these past years of our church, it's been nothing but health in our, you know, our marriage. Of course, it's been struggles and trying to you know, find things and learn and grow. But like at, the, at the end of it all, this year has been one of the best years of our marriage. In fact, our church is extremely healthy. I just mentioned earlier, we're a debt-free church. Like our health, our finances are healthy. Our teams are healthy. Our foundation, our systems are, pro like everything is good. Like on paper, if you're looking at it, like it doesn't make sense. Why, why would somebody like walk away from this? It's because God's leading and directing and I'm just trying to be simply obedient to that. That's all. And so I want you to know like the church is healthy. Like you're healthy. Our marriage is healthy. Like this is a good thing. And so, anyway, I wanted to say that, and I'm kind of coming back around to the whole idea of, of this couple. As we began to get to know them and build a relationship with them and just notice the grace that, that was there for them meeting with their board and their pastor, long story short, they were like, we feel like God is leading in this season for us to take the baton and become the lead pastors of One Life Church. And so they said yes to our offer. And so... It is exciting. Now, they're not here today. They're not here today for a reason because they're at their church right now having the same conversation with their pastor 
before their church family. So, but I do want you to know, Pastor Jason and Ellie Hubbard, Pastor Jason preached three weeks ago here in our church family. He preached the message on switchbacks. He was here as our guest just to get to know you a little bit more and hang out. It's Pastor Jason and Ellie Hubbard who have been serving as associate pastors to lead pastor Tim Forden of River Valley Church right here in Boise. Pastor Jason and Ellie are an amazing young couple. Uh, They have three beautiful kids and they are a wonderful couple who their biggest heart and desire more than anything is love for you. God has given them a supernatural grace and love for you. And I'm gonna be honest with you, that was the biggest part of my heart in this whole thing. I was like, God, if, you, like, if we do this and this, you're in this, I know you're gonna bless this church with a leader and leadership that is gonna love these people the way that I love them. And we honestly feel with all of our heart, without a shadow of doubt, that God's hand and his grace and his mark is on this transition. Now, it's not easy, is it? It's not easy for me. It's not easy for my wife. It's not easy for my son. It's been really hard. Because oftentimes we don't understand. We want the full picture. You know, the biggest question we get asked the most when we begin to share this, and we've shared this over the past few weeks with our leadership team and our dream team, and now with you. And one of the biggest questions we get, well, what's next for the Bardens? Like, what are you guys going to do? Like, where are you going? You get a job offer? What does that look like? And I can honestly 100% tell you transparently, we have no idea. <laughs> you know that story where Jesus calls Peter to come out and to walk on the water with him? And Peter's just crazy enough, go, okay, I'll step out of the boat and starts walking on water. And as long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus, he's seeing a miracle. Hi, my name is Peter. <laughs> This is exactly the season God's called us into as a, as a body, as a family, as our family. And so the more I thought about it, you remember those old Polaroid cameras, right? And you, you know, if you're old enough to remember, come on, don't leave me up here by myself. But you take a picture with a Polaroid, the picture comes out, but you can't see it. And then you got to kind of flip it, blow on it. And then about like 20 minutes later, all of a sudden now it's starting to be a little bit blurry. Now it's starting to come to about, you know, three or four hours later. It's like, oh, that's what it looks like. <laughs> like... Like, I feel like the vision God's given us is just that. I don't know. We've taken a picture. We've seen just enough of that. We really only have clarity and specifics up into the point of transition. And then I think as we begin to get closer to that, the picture will get a little bit clearer, a little bit more clearer. But we don't have a next step other than just doing what we've always done in our life. It's trust God. To listen, to obey even when it doesn't make sense. My life verse, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You know, the thing about a path is you can't always see what's coming. You only know what's coming in the step in front of you. And so what I've learned is as I take a step, you know what, God's always been faithful to meet me at the next step. I've also learned that I don't have to see the top of the stair to take the first step. <laughs> I'm just called to take one step. And so that's what we're doing. We're taking a step. And so here's the plan. This is what it looks like. As I make this announcement to you today, uh, as I just mentioned, Pastor Jason and Ellie are standing before their congregation today. And this announcement's going out. And so they're finishing well, and they're doing an incredible job honoring River Valley Church right here in Boise. As they finish, they're going to be finishing their race with them all the way through this month. And so they're going to take a much-needed break. They're taking a vacation of about a week on the first week of June. And then on the second week of June, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see Jason 
and his wife Ellie and myself and Linda, we're going to be sharing the platform together. What you're going to see, family, is the body of Christ being the body of Christ, the church being the church. You're going to see how we honor each other and our leadership. And basically the best way that I can say this is over the next couple of months is you're going to see Jason and I begin to run together. And so pretend my phone is a baton. Now I was not a relay racer in high school, okay? So if you're much smarter at this than me, you know, forgive, forgive my lack of wisdom on it. But what I'm told is that when it comes to a relay race, there's not just one person involved. There's the person who starts the race. And did you know the person who starts the race is probably one of the most pivotal, important parts of the race? It's because how he steps out the gate and, and the rhythm and the speed that he comes out is huge and important of how things are finished. And so if you're thinking about the kingdom of God as a series of a relay race, just look at me and my wife, Linda, and our son, Max, as being the first runner in the race. We've been given a baton, moved to Idaho, plant a church, create a place where families and communities can come and connect and know God, find freedom, discover purpose, build a foundation. And although, Red, I know you thought you were called to be here for life, I've got another plan and it's, trust me in it, but I need you to pass the baton. And I... I need you to do it well. I need you to do it well. And so church, that's all I've been trying to do is run with a baton in my hand for four years, coming up in September as a church. And now what you're going to see is I'm going to come up and I'm going to run alongside. And in a relay race, you just don't run, stop, hand the baton, and then somebody starts running. No, you run, and then that person starts running with you, and you run together at such a speed and an effort, and then all of a sudden it comes out of your hand, and that next person is running around the track. And so the best way that I can tell you is that this is exactly what's happening in the kingdom of God. Moses passed his baton to Joshua. David passed his baton to his son Solomon. Jesus passed his baton to the disciples. We wouldn't be here today without that. Thank God that baton was passed, right? Paul, the church planner, passed his baton to several people, to Timothy, to Titus. In fact, you'll even read in Titus where Paul says, hey, uh, uh, Titus, I left you in Crete because I left you to finish the work that I started. Not all those who start have to finish. My race, my race, and my time, my point in time and season is coming to an end as a lead pastor here. And it has been the joy and honor of my life. Now, we all grieve. I grieve. But we don't grieve as those who have no hope. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to have the emotions. And we're going to grieve. Trust me, my family has been doing this every day. And uh, we'd love the opportunity. We'd love the opportunity. If you want to get together for coffee, hear more, or share our conversation, we're here for two, you know, almost two more months to walk alongside you, to love you, to serve you, to honor Pastor Jason and Ellie. And so what you're going to see is that I'm still the lead pastor through this season. I'm still leading you. You're going to see a beautiful transition. And then what's going to happen on July the 24th is you're going to see the mantle of God being pulled off my shoulders onto Jason and Ellie and we're going to have a, a beautiful moment and we'll have Pastor Danny and Jamie down here as well and we're going to lay hands on Jason and Ellie. It's going to be a beautiful moment in stride as they begin to take this next season of this church. And so I love you very, very much. I hope that I've done the best that I can to be as transparent, real, authentic, and vulnerable to you. If you have any more questions, my wife and I, we're going to be here We'll stay here all day if we need to, but we're here, okay? We're here. We still got a house to sell, y'all. We got stakes in the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a house to sell and all of that kind of stuff, but 
We know God's going to take care of all that, but we're here. We're here. Do we know what's next? No. We do think, however, I will clarify this, we do believe that in this next season that it's going to be a period of rest because I'm really tired. (laughs) Just being honest. It's been a... It's been the best times. It's been the worst times. It's been great. It's been amazing. But it's been a lot harder than I ever thought it would be. Um, And my body, physically, spiritually, mentally, all those wonderful things. I'm in a healthy place, but I need some rest. My wife needs some rest. And this next season, we're looking to rest. And we feel as if there's going to be a little pit stop or a rest stop along the way. And we do feel like the Lord is directing us back across the country to be closer to blood family. My dad's getting older. Linda's mom, I mean, we love you. If you are watching this one, we love you so much. But we just, you know, life is what it is. People are getting older. Nieces and nephews and people that we don't know that we've missed out on in a lot of life. And so we feel like this next season is going to be a place of just some rest and restoration for us. We always know that ministry and building the kingdom of God will be very important because that's what I'm called to. That's what my wife is called to. And, but that's basically the best detail of what's next that we have in our, in our life right now. We'll see what God does. We don't know, but that's kind of what our tentative plan is. We make our plans, but what? God determines your future, right? And so um, I have asked my best friend, Justin Bradshaw, if you'll go ahead and make your way to the platform. This is my best friend. He's known me since I was eight years old. I've known him since I was seven. So y'all don't get any ideas to ask him any kind of crazy questions about me, okay? <laughs> but not only is he my best friend, this is, this is an overseer. He's been here every step of the way in his journey. And I've asked him just to be here to support, to support me. I'm a little selfish. I wanted him to be here for me, but also for you. And just to share his love and maybe to bring some clarity and just to be able to love on you for a moment and just to share from his heart as an overseer that represents my, like I'm in authority, but I'm under authority, right? And this is a man that I'm under authority to, that I submit to along with two others. Um, he's from Church of the Highlands, which is our home church in Birmingham, Alabama. He's one of the associate pastors there. He oversees all pastoral care of a church of about, you know, 30, 40,000 people. I mean, that's just a little, little aspect. But anyway, this man's amazing. I love him very much. And I've asked him to speak today just for a moment as we get ready to dismiss. I love you, church. I love this church too. I'm honored to be with you guys today. Always am. Every time I'm here, getting to stand in front of you. And what an interesting day, right? I have to, I have to first say that Rhett, for my, my best friend, my best friend since I was seven years old, that's the best message I've ever hear, heard you speak before. I mean, it was such an on-time word. And I know you set it up because of what you're communicating, but I hope that you felt that in your spirit, everything that Rhett communicated today, because what a word for this church. What a word for one life. And what makes Rhett my best friend, I am an overseer of this church, but what makes him my best friend, and I was sharing, we were in the car yesterday, I was sharing this with him. I can only attest to myself with my relationship with Jesus, but he is running this race with me when we surrendered our life to Christ back in 1993 when we were 15 years old and 16 years old. And I've never known anybody to run so hard after Jesus like your pastor. He loves Jesus with all his heart. He has been, he has had the best of times as he said over his life. He's had the worst of times. In every situation that you've ever gone through, 
you respond by on your knees to Jesus. And that's what turns me on to such a friendship. And that's why I'm the man that I am for running with guys like this. So I want to honor you and Linda and Max and something that I know that you guys love so much. You love this church. I've got to listen for the past four years um, just how dear everybody is to you and the people that you began to meet when you moved here. But I also want to address one life because you guys have become my family over the past four years as well. I've listened to every message. It's on my podcast rotation. So I've heard this guy speak a lot and I hear the people laugh in the room and I begin to recognize, hey, that's the lady I hear laughing every week. Right? That's that guy. I love when I get to actually see it. But from, a, from the overseers, and over time, I look forward to you getting to hear from the other ones as well. But I can tell you on behalf of all the overseers, this has been such an amazing process to get to be a part of because unfortunately, I've been directly and indirectly involved with transitions, and they're usually because there's been a disqualifying factor. There's been a morality issue that needs to have a transition. Unfortunately, when that happens, you don't get to have the great baton passing. It's like a baton where you just stop and then hand the baton, and then they have to pick up traction again. And what encourages me as an overseer here with Rhett and Linda and representing them and representing you guys is to get to see this transition go so smooth the way it has. And it's been, it's made an impact on me the way that Rhett surrendered. Instead of taking control of something that God used him to help build, he let it go and surrendered this process to the Lord and just said, I'm going to trust. And he took it out of his hands and he let people that he put in authority over his life make sure that this is done above board and with honor and integrity. How many of you have ever wanted to do something and you force your own agenda? It's like, I'm going to kind of wedge something in here to make sure it works according to my plan. This has been a beautiful process that the Bardens have done, and it's been 100% walking on water and trusting. And I've been amazed to watch how this has unfolded and the pastor who's going to be coming in, such an amazing family, such an amazing leader and individual. But I'm mostly excited for you, One Life. What an on-time word about not just discerning the, verse, the voice of God, but also being all in. And I want to encourage you that the foundation, the foundation has been laid. The foundation is strong in this place. The thing about the foundation is it needs a lot of humility, right? Because Rhett, the whole Barden crew has been here along with you guys to help build a foundation, but how many of you know people aren't going to come look and say, what an amazing foundation this has? No, but it's going to stand on the values that have been established at One Life so that the framing can now begin for this next season, for God and the plans that he has for Nampa and the entire Treasure Valley. Can I get an amen with that? And you guys are going to get to be the ones to lead this effort. So I... While I have this opportunity today, if you are visiting, what an amazing day to visit. Because we do grieve, but not as the world grieves. We're going to miss Rhett so much. We're going to miss Linda and Max. And it would be sad, right? Am I, am I right? Amen. Yeah. 
it would be more sad if you weren't going to miss them. <laughs> but you're going to miss them, and that's okay. It's okay to grieve. But the wonderful thing about this process is that there's no time than right now to recommit yourself in the way this dream team who I spoke with this morning, this beautiful team who sets all this up, is taking care of all the kiddos, which I'm going to hurry. <laughs> My goodness, what a beautiful picture. And to see everybody in here now and the potential that God has wired every one of you with to do a good work, to bring glory to God and to expose people in this treasure valley to who he is. What a great time that in the next few minutes to go be a part of purpose and understand how you can bring your giftings to this place. Because I walked into a place right now to a man who has not built something as a narcissist <laughs> and to be a face. This place has been built on no face, but on core values and principles that Jesus will build his church. I watched the church get ready today that he really played zero part in. I came in and everything is set up. The worship, the team, the music, the greeters, everything was beautiful. And he got to just pray and prepare for a service today. And really as a testimony to watch, look what the Lord has done. And Rhett told me before we came out, he said, this never was my church. It never was. God used me. And he's just going to continue to do the same thing with the next and the next and the next. Should the Lord tarry in the name of Jesus. And I'm honored to get to address you today and to encourage you and to exhort you as fellow believers in Christ that we're all doing a good work. In One Life Church, you're doing an amazing, you're doing an amazing work right here. And I couldn't be more proud than being involved. Let me pray for us, and we'll begin to wrap up. First, I just want to pray for the Bardens. If you will, stretch your hands towards Rhett. We have Linda and Max right here on the front row and second row. Lord, thank you so much for the Bardens. Thank you for the walking on water spirit and trust that they had when they stepped out of what was very comfortable, moving out here to a place that they didn't know anybody. And it's been such an honor to see my best friend, step into nothing and then realize he's found everything where there's friendships and communities and even as he has watched other communities and friendships form because your church will be strong and thank you for the plans that you have for them God and as he takes this step just like every step that I've personally seen over the past 35 years of my life you've always been faithful to him and you're going to do the same here now, if you would just put your hands in a receiving, just palms up. I want to pray over One Life Church. God, thank you for this season. Thank you for everything that you have got planned for One Life Church. Lord, it has been hard, like Rhett said. It's been hard because foundations are supposed to be hard. Because there's a lot that's going to be planted and placed upon this solid foundation. And thank you for everyone who's played a part. And going through the day-to-day, -day, the everyday, what can seem ordinary, God, to create a solid foundation so that the extraordinary can be built upon this in years to come only for the glory of Jesus. And to see people 
brought to him. Thank you for a house of prayer, a house of worshiping your name, and a house where the lost can come and be found, and that those people who are found can be discipled and trained up to point other people to you. So this day right now, it has been amazing up to this point. But in the name of Jesus, I say to this One Life Church, you have not even scratched the surface of where you're going. If you would simply humble yourself and be obedient to the voice of the Lord, not seeking your own acclaim or agenda, but only the agenda of seeing Christ glorified in this place, you will find success in everything that your hands and your feet set out to do. And we pray all these things and we return it back to you. All glory and honor to you, Jesus. There's no one like you. We worship you, Lord. You're the reason why we do everything that we do, God. We take steps of faith. We, Lord, we, we have hope, we have promises, and we lay claim to him by the mighty name of Jesus to give you glory. And all the people of God say a big amen. 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 Thank you so much. Amen. Don't you love, don't you love Rhett and Linda and Max? Can we, can we give the biggest hand clap? I know y'all have been honoring to them, but can we give the biggest hand clap to the one who started this church? Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And he's going to continue it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, One Life family, I love you very much. My wife and I and son will be right here as long as you need us. Thank you for giving us the grace to extend the service a little bit longer than we normally do. Uh, Discover will take place. Step two, purpose. Man, we're we're rolling, man. We're going to keep going. You know what I mean? And so it does start at 1130. We're going to, Pastor Larry, 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 let's push it back to five minutes. So let's start at 1135. Okay. So discover step two will take place at 1135. It's 1130. Uh, Again, we love to hang out with you and we're here. And uh, y'all, I've I'm talking about the Holy Spirit next week for the next two weeks. I'm preaching on the Holy Spirit. You don't want to miss it. I'm really excited to bring some content around my best friend, not the one on the front row. He's awesome. But my Holy, the Holy Spirit. And so come next week. Let's have a good time and learn a little bit more about what God wants to do in our life through the Holy Spirit. I love you guys. God bless. You're dismissed. Have a great day.